Exurgat Deus disipentur inimici eius, et fugiancio derunt eum a facia eius. Let God arise, and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defendenos in proelio. Contra nequitiamit insidias diabolias opraecidium. Imperatili deus suplicas supplicamur, duge princeps militae calestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos, qui ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Cor Iesu Sacratissimo miserere nobis, mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatus Carolus Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facium tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculato Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. One of the <clears throat> encouraging things that I've seen um, actually has to do with the the protests, which now seem to be seriously extending worldwide. Now, there are some places where they've been able to kind of cut back because, you know, like, for example, in the UK and Ireland, um, they're no longer requiring any of the, the government's no longer requiring any of the mandates. They're not using, you know, they're not really promoting the vax, excuse me, the vax ports anymore. But there are other countries that have decided that <clears throat> they're going to double down. Canada, of course, being one of them. And, you know, the prime minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, has decided that he's going to go into hiding while the truckers lock up the Ottawa streets around the parliament, which I find wildly entertaining because... They did say they're not going anywhere until the mandates are gone. Now, I'm guessing that they'll try and hold out for a couple of days. Um, they may even actually go up to a week. And then they'll realize that the store shelves are getting empty, that there are no deliveries going on pretty much anywhere, or I should say, if there are deliveries, it's going to be a very, very minute number because there may be as many as a hundred thousand trucks, if not more in and around Ottawa, Canada right now. What is absolutely certain is that there are very many truckers who've decided they're dropping everything and they're headed towards the capital. They've convoyed all the way from British Columbia, all the way to Ottawa which for those of you who don't know, I mean, that's roughly equivalent of convoying from right around San Francisco to maybe just shy of Washington, D.C. And they've gotten a tremendous amount of support from across the country. In fact, they got so much support that there were there was at least one province that actually issued a ban on people gathering alongside the highway to to demonstrate their solidarity with the truckers which I find wildly entertaining. Um, and all of this, actually, you can find on Twitter. Um, in, in particular, one of the people who's been following it very closely is Dr. Jordan Peterson, for obvious reasons, because he is a Canadian. Um, he would be one of them. And then, you know, you've got Rebel News and a few other and a few other websites and stuff that have been covering a lot of this, while most of the mainstream media has remained very hush-hush. And the principal reason for that is because other nations have decided to pull back and other na and some nations which haven't decided to pull back have dramatic protests 
to the tunes of hundreds of thousands of people from Mallorca, Spain, all the way across Europe. And it sounds, I've heard rumors, I haven't seen any video coverage yet to confirm it, but it sounds as though there is going to be a trucker strike in very many parts of Europe as well, which is going to actually start to grind down the entire global economy. Now, to be sure, if it were to just happen in Canada, there would be some bumps, there would be some some things that would make things a little bit more difficult, but this actually looks like it's going to be at least Canada and a large portion of Europe, and if that is in fact the case, you're going to see some serious damage done to the markets, done to the economy overall, and it's and it is actually going to result in empty shelves. And I will say it basically like this. If these protests, in particular, if the truckers in Ottawa decide to hold out and they wait until somebody comes out to actually talk to them from the government and the government, let's say the government's dumb enough to wait an entire week. It'll be at least two to three months before all of the shipping actually gets back on track. And you're looking at least three to four, you know, two to three, maybe four weeks before the shelves actually begin to get resupplied and deliveries start getting made on time. This is epic. It is also a point of concern because something like this um, to be sure, there are a lot of, you know, there are obviously going to be people, particularly in the cities, who, you know, need to go to the grocery store or whatever, and there's going to be a lot in the way of empty shelves, and things are going to get a little bit scarce, because if stores aren't getting deliveries, because all of the truckers are in Ottawa, this may backfire. But I don't think that it will, because I think at this point, Canadians are so tired of it. They're so tired of the gaslighting. They're so tired of the lies and they're so tired of Justin Trudeau that they may be willing to just grin and bear it and try to come together and find other ways to make sure that they still have food on the table and all and all of those things that obviously Canada would continue to need, particularly through the winter months. But this this might back there is a possibility that this does backfire. It's. I'm willing to bet that most people will be willing to accept it. But there is obviously a non-zero chance that some people will be very, very angry indeed at the truckers for having done such a thing. However, if they are most correct, they may blame the media and they may blame the politicians who decided to put in these idiotic rules. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, if this does spread across Europe and Europe dis- and, and Europeans you know, vis-a-vis like Germany or some of the, or Austria, some of the other places where these massive protests are beginning to take place. If this does actually spread wider, then you're going to see one, you're going to see a lot of pain. And what this will be one of the few times where it is fully self-inflicted, but there is a higher likelihood that people will be willing to accept the pain because it has become extraordinarily obvious that the governments who have decided to keep these mandates imposed, despite the example of nations like Britain, Ireland, Denmark, the United States, and others who have decided to not impose these mandates, if they see that all of those other countries are doing just fine without the mandates and their country is shutting down because of the mandates, it is distinctively possible that they will actually place the blame where it is due. And this is a good thing. 
because this will break the narrative to the point where people may not actually regain any such trust in government, experts, or the technocracy. <clears throat> this is also vitally important because this means that public health will not be able to be reused. <clears throat> However, <clears throat> something to be aware of, excuse me, <clears throat> gracious, <clears throat> I think I underestimated the, uh, <clears throat> the damage that might have been done when I was getting the surgery. <clears throat> However, it does not mean that the governments cannot switch to another gaslighting technique. And the gaslighting technique that seems to be in play, although there is a lot of debate on it, and you can clearly tell that the global elites have not quite figured out what page they're on yet, because there is conflict within the members of the European Union, <clears throat> even though, well, Canada has said almost nothing of it, but the United States has basically been beating the war drum. The UK has been beating the war drum. In fact, actually, it looks the more I the more I look now, the more it occurs to me that one of the reasons why the UK dropped the COVID thing was because they were not going to be able to sustain both the COVID mandate and war in Ukraine. <clears throat> Which I had a feeling was the case, but it was difficult to tell because we weren't get because there there was a period of time where there was some limited information. But as information continues to develop, <clears throat> there are newer assessments and assumptions that we can make. It looks like while the COVID-19 narrative is breaking down, it's not breaking down everywhere. And while the beating of the war drums is ramping up, it is also not ramping up everywhere. And so what you're going to see over the course of the next week or two is potentially a transition from the COVID-19 narrative to the war narrative. And I don't know that the elites are quite ready for the resistance that they may get there as well. Because if you think that it is difficult to run a country when everybody's decided to rebel, or more importantly, your infrastructure, your transportation in infrastructure has decided to shut down, how much more difficult do you think it will be to conduct wartime operations if the people don't support it? And this might be the most important tool that we have. Because at this point, it is time with one voice to sound off like the Mad Hatter in Alice in Wonderland, down with the bloody big head! Because these people clearly do not have anyone's best interests in mind. They have what it, there's somebody's interests they have in mind, but it's certainly not anyone's best interests in mind. Ukraine has said, Russia is not going to attack. Russia has said, we are not going to attack. America, on the other hand, says they could attack at any minute. If Ukraine doesn't believe they're going to be under attack, and Russia says they're not going to attack, where are we getting our intel? Is Ukrainian intelligence so bad that they can't tell when they're about to have a siege on their border? 
I mean, we can tell that our border has been under siege. We can tell that we've been invaded. And you're going to tell me that Ukraine can't figure that one out on their own? They'd have a much, much smaller border than we do. And I don't think it is in Ukraine's best interests to be caught with their pants down if Russia is as menacing of an adversary as the United States government would have you believe. So the nice thing is, if they decide to switch to the wartime focus, if that is really what they're doing in, in hopes of being able to shut everybody up with their call to patriotism, we can shut that down as well. Although, in the United States, I am less sanguine about us being able to do that, because as we've seen in this last week, Federal contractors are willing to say outright that the Biden administration is betraying the United the people of the United States by transporting illegal immigrants all across the country in the cover of darkness by the hundreds and by the thousands. I can certainly say that Australia doesn't have a whole lot to look forward to because I just got done watching yet another video of Australian police behaving like the German state police of World War II or the KGB and secret police in Soviet Russia. Now, I can't speak to the moral quality of the police officers in any other country. And in truth, actually, I can't even really speak to the moral quality of the police officers in this country because all of the governments have been taking measures step by step to slowly weed out all of the people who would stand and fight. But here's a fun fact. If they go to war and the American people don't want to go to war, then you can literally unplug the transport. If you drive a truck, you can refuse to drive. If someone tries to commandeer it from you, like the military or something, decides they're going to try and commandeer it from you, then you can, then you can actually make your, you can make your vehicle unusable. You can simply refuse to cooperate with the machine, which is where we're at right now. It's going to cause a lot of heartache and a lot of pain, without a doubt. It's going, you're going to see a drastic, well, I don't know how drastic. I know how many people, I know how much, approximately how many assets the U.S. military has. So it's going to be a significant, if not drastic, increase in the number of military vehicles that you might see going from place to place. And we won't be able to shut down the trains because the trains are actually covered under that whole thing where, you know, they just get the military to come in and run the trains. But you can at least stop the trucks. Because they can't commandeer legally the trucks. And even if they could commandeer the trucks, I mean, let's be real. How many people know how to drive a 15 speed stick? So we're in a new position. We're in a new scenario. And it's reasonable to say that it's going to become time for us to take some very, very quiet but drastic measures. And I'm not talking about raiding government buildings or 
in, you know, going into military installations or any of that nonsense. But a nationwide strike. Because let's be real. They maybe can supplement the air traffic controllers and they maybe can supplement all the pilots and they maybe can supplement all the trains. But it's very unlikely that they can do all three of those things at the same time. And if the trucks aren't running, that it's very likely that they're not going to be able to do all of that at the same time, period. And you can bring the machine that is the United States of America to a grinding halt so that we don't get caught up in another illegal war and so that the people are able to pronounce with one voice, we will not be cowed into submission by you. You, who have violated for the last two years the Nuremberg Code. You, who by every international definition are war criminals already. And they are war criminals already. Every governor, every mayor, every news agency that promulgated the the COVID-19 shot under the auspices that it was a vaccine and lied dissembled and coerced, forcing people to have to get the jab in order to keep their job, incentivizing children with pizza, children who can't even legitimately make medical choices on their own without the consent of their parents. Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people dead from their decisions to push a shot So that Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson could get rich. And all of the people who, who traditionally were really, really big on making sure to look at big pharma and say, you're destroying our country. Remember that it was those same companies that have, that have unleashed Vicodin and hydrocodone and Oxycontin and all of those drugs that have that are now actually spread across our streets laced with fentanyl due because of drug cartels infiltration by the chinese communists and cooperation from the federal government all of these things all of these things are crimes in and of themselves and we now have a we now have a government that has been executing all of these crimes to the level of Second World War war crime. And everyone, from the President of the United States all the way down to the local police officer who decided that he was just going to say, I'm just doing my job. Every last single one of them knows what the penalties of violating the Nuremberg Code is. It's the same penalties that was meted out to the Nazis during the trials. Except that we're in the post 9-11 world. And this is actually kind of a fun fact. Because we're in the post 9-11 world, part of the Patriot Act, part of the law, part of the laws and legislation that were passed, the redesignation of American citizens as quote, enemy combatants, and given circumstances, and given circumstances to that same effect, have actually made it so that these people 
can legally, I'm not saying do this. I'm definitely not saying do this. This is a Catholic podcast, so understand, I am not saying do this. But because of the change in the law since 9-11, in addition to the current code under under the Nuremberg Code and under the and under the very same laws that were established in the United States as a reflection of the Nuremberg Code, there is a very tidy and very long list. That list is actually probably longer than I could put on a website of people who are eligible for involuntary detention and execution without due process. They want to play the game of domestic violent extremists? Well, guess what? They already qualify as terrorists under the law. And if you're a terrorist, then it's only one step further to get to the treason word, because these people, and I'm speaking specifically of the United States because the other countries, they've got their own laws and I don't know anything about them. These people have crossed the line well beyond treason. These people have crossed the line to war crime. Because it would be one thing if it was just treason, but we're now actually talking about war crimes against the citizenry of the United States of America. And that's everybody from Governor Cuomo to Joe Biden, all of the head officials at OSHA who decided they were going to sign that mandate, or whatever the heck they call it, the ETS. All of them. Now, I'm not advocating for violence against any of them because I'm sure we can actually solve the problem without it. Having seen what Canada has decided to do, what Canadians, truckers, have decided to do, I am fully aware of the fact that we can probably do the same in the United States and bring the entire government of the United States to a grinding halt. I actually almost can't believe I'm saying this, but Canada has given us the nonviolent way to do this. And we can bring the whole system down. And we can flush out the system, which is in and of itself not terrible. It's not like the system, it's not like the, the, the systems that were put in place in the United States were inherently evil. Although many, I mean, many of them were FBI, CIA, like there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them that you can definitely write off as definitely be, as definitively being evil. But many of them are not definitively evil. But we have an opportunity because they're going to give us the opportunity. These people are too arrogant, too egomaniacal, too set in the direction that they want to go, and they believe that they have a very short period of time. They will push beyond where they can actually stand back. They, they will push this beyond what they'll be able to handle in the end. They will give 
the American people a reason to just rise up and lock up the system. And it's not going to take torches and pitchforks, although torches and pitchforks would be far more entertaining. It's not going to take tarring and feathering, although, again, tarring and feathering would be far more entertaining. It's not going to take guillotines and gallows. And yes, there's nothing particularly entertaining about those. All it will take is a nation to say no. All it will take is large portions of people to hear the message that has just been broadcast by the Canadians and understand that when our moment comes, when they decide to push this too far, you just say no. And at a minimum, you just stay home. And at a maximum, you go and you park in front of their office and you just sit there and you make it so that nobody can do business. And there need to be no shots fired. There need be no pepper spray. There need be no tasers. There need be no, no smoke grenades, no water cannons, nothing. <clears throat> and that's the best way to do it. You just lock it down. Pilots, you don't come into work. Truckers, you go to the state capitol and you just lock it up. If not the state capitol, how, how much more entertaining would it be to have two million tractor trailers clogging every single road, every single lane, every single bridge, every single entrance, every single highway going in and out of Washington, D.C.? taking up all the parking spots at the airports and locking everything down. You think they're going to take a water cannon to a tractor trailer? You think, I mean, think about this. Even if they brought in tanks, how many, how many tanks would it take to push, to push 500 tractor trailers out of the way? I mean, they might be able to drive over a Toyota Prius but they're definitely not going to push a Kenworth out of the way. And my favorite part about it is that nobody need get hurt. And you just park the truck and you pull out your camera. And that's it. That's it. And you film their response. And you post it to the whole world. That's all. It doesn't take two million people to flood the Capitol. We don't even need to do another one of those January 6th type, hey, let's get everybody singing Kumbaya, brah. No. Bring the trucks. Block the roads. And stay put. Until the government realizes that none of their so-called power matters, not one bit, without the consent of the governed. You want to violate human rights? Cool, we're going to lock the whole thing down. You want to start a war without, without the consent of the people? Cool, we're going to lock the military machine up. 
It's going to be frozen in place because there's going to be no one to move. That's how it's done. We couldn't do it before because there was, honestly, there weren't enough truckers. There weren't enough people. There weren't enough red-blooded Americans to be able to fill the streets. See, we're often accustomed to the idea that a protest has to involve people. And so you get everybody, they park in an area, and then they just walk to where they're going. No. Dear family, you fill the streets with RVs. You fill the streets with tractor trailers. You fill the streets with pickup trucks and you tailgate and you just lock the whole thing up. You think they're going to use pepper spray on people grilling burgers? That'll work once or twice. But it still doesn't move the car. It might work a dozen times, but it's not going to move not a single one of them cars. It's going to lock the whole thing up. And even if they manage to find a way to transport 200,000, 500,000 people to facilities all around the country, how are you going to get there if there's no pilots to fly? How are you going to get there if there's no running trains? Dear family, this protest in Canada shows that if you're willing to suffer a little bit, or even a lot for a while. We can bring the whole thing, the whole damned thing, to a halt. With not a drop of bloodshed. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you, and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.